Welcome everyone to the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast. Kim, are you there? I am here. I am seated. I am in front of you and ready to rock and roll. Awesome. I'm really excited to be here with you today. For the past couple of years, I've been asking for a What Would Kim Say podcast kind of vibe because your coaching is so unbelievable. I think we need to share it with the world. Well, let's do, let's go. What do you got for me? Awesome. Well, I have this journal that's got me stumped um, and I'm super excited to go through through with you. But first I have a couple of questions. Okay. So I have this scenario. I have a friend who um, was talking to me the other day and her issue is that she's feels like she's constantly yelling at her kids because they're not listening to her. Is that a friend? (laughs) That is a friend. Okay. (laughs) I've worked on that issue. Um, so, but she doesn't like when she escalates, she, she's, she's frustrated with herself, but she doesn't know how to manage her kids. What would you say to her? What kind of advice would you give her? So this is a very interesting question. Even in the way that you phrase the question, what you said is she doesn't know how to manage her kids. The truth is she is not doing a good job managing herself. So parents think that their job is to manage their kids. And really that's not their job. Their job is to manage themselves while their kids are being kids while their kids are doing what their kids are doing, living their lives, getting distracted, playing, doing their thing, right? So as parents, we often think our job is to control, manage, discipline, guide, right? Structure our kids' lives. And that's not the job. And so that's the first problem is the perception of what is the role of a parent. So number one, Tell your friend your job isn't to manage your kids. Your job is to manage yourself. So when you escalate, you're not managing yourself. You're using right. your kids as your reason to get all upset and distracted and, and, and frustrated and get to that high state. So that's the first thing that needs to be addressed. The second thing that needs to be addressed is why do kids not respond? Right? How do we talk to our kids? Mm-hmm. At what point do they tune us out? Very often they tune us out because we're constantly telling them what to do. So if we think about what we're telling our kids, it falls into one of two categories, the positive category and the negative category. Believe it or not, telling them what to do falls into the negative category. So even something like go brush your teeth, go eat dinner, go do your homework. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we think those are neutral statements. They're not. They fall into the negative category. And so, so when we think about how we talk to our kids, we want to actually talk to them in the positive category 80% of the time. That's not what parents are doing. So what do kids do? They learn to tune you out. Right. So, so, so yeah, go ahead. So how does she, how does, so if she starts to manage herself and doesn't yell and keeps her emotions at bay, how, and they're still not listening, how does she get them to do what needs to get done? Okay, so even there, it's an interesting statement, right? Do what needs to get done according to whom? According to her, she's still in control, right? So, and in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, but they still need to do what they need to do, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So, so the first thing that I would ask, if let's say this person were my client, I would say, first of all, how are you managing yourself? Second of all, I want you to start to pay attention to the words you use, right? How much instruction are you giving them? That's number one, right? How often are you telling them what to do? How often are you telling them what not to do? Stop eating with your mouth, with your mouth open, 
Stop using your phone. Stop being mean to your brother. Right? How often right. are you telling them what not to do? And so I want right. them to pay attention to what they're doing and how they're doing it and start understanding that number one, stop giving your kids instruction so much. So does that mean you just let them do whatever they decide to do if they don't want to listen to you? And No, it means you need to create a different balance in your communication. Right? Okay. So what does 80% positive mean? 80% positive means let's take that 80% and break it down into two components. 40% where you're just telling them that they're awesome and great for no reason. You love them. They light up your life. Right. Right? That's 40%. The other 40%, is a little bit of recognition for the things that they're doing right. We don't split that up that way. Parents don't. And then the other 20% is, hey, can you take your dish to the sink? And what we want to do is we want to tell our kids what we want from them, not what we don't want from them. And Very often what happens is we spend a lot of time telling our kids what we don't want. So A, manage yourself. B, pay attention to how much negative communication we're doing with our kids. Mm -hmm. C, create an 80-20 split where 80% of your conversation is on the positive side, no instruction, just positive stuff for no reason because they're your kids and you think they're awesome. They Mm -hmm. come from you. And the Mm -hmm. other 40% is you recognize them for, let's call it good behavior. Then the other 20% is instruction, positive instruction. Ask them what you want from them, not what you don't. So if you, let's say, take 10 pennies and you stick them in your pocket, and every time you give them instruction, you move it to the other pocket, you'll start to notice where you're really leaning. Right, right. Okay. So you think that giving them a lot of positive communication and feedback will... Uh, they'll naturally just start to listen. It'll change their resistance level to you, to hearing you. Well, first of all, when they know you see them in a good way, in a good light, right? they want to hang out with you more. Your influence goes up. Right. Right. And when your influence goes up and you ask them once in a while to do something, they're much more likely to do it. Okay, good. Well, I'll pass that advice on. Thank you. Let's see what happens. You'll, yeah. give, you'll give me an update next time. For sure. For sure. So I have one more question. This is from um, somebody who came to us. He's a VP of operations. So we're going we're gonna to go a little different route here. We're going to go business, executive. So, um, so he came to us with some issues. Um, his CEO of the company uh, had said to him upon hiring, I am not getting in the weeds. I want to work on the business, not in the business. You're in charge. Go do your thing. But what he's doing is very, very different. So the VP came to us with this story that the CEO is really in the weeds and it's getting involved in the VP's job, day-to-day job. He's, he's micromanaging. He's always undermining him at meetings, asking him why he's doing certain things. And so this VP is just like, he's, he's starting to you know, doubt his own ability. He's starting to feel less confident about his job. And frankly, he's really frustrated. He doesn't want to go to the VP and say, uh, sorry, the CEO and say anything to his boss because he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He doesn't want confrontation. But his feathers are already ruffled. They're already ruffled. So feathers what would are you ruffled. say? 
Wow. How would you help this guy? <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I would do is try to understand his thinking around not wanting to ruffle any feathers. So what does he think is going to happen if he goes and talks to his CEO? What are the beliefs he has that's causing him to stay quiet and miserable? Right. Right. That's okay. question number one. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, people have beliefs and those beliefs cause them to act or cause them not to act. And so in his case, his beliefs are causing him to feel to stay in a place where he's quiet and unhappy. Those beliefs aren't really working for him. They're not really serving him right now. Now, Mm -hmm. is the only answer to go and talk to the CEO? There might be a hundred answers, but let's look at talking to the CEO and what that could look like. Okay. So he goes and he talks to the CEO and he says, hey, when you hired me, this is what you were looking for. Is that what you're still looking for? What's your goal? What is it that you want to achieve? When you behave in these ways, It doesn't match with the goal that you're saying. So is that still your goal? Because if it is, what's stopping you from stepping out? What are the beliefs you have? Do you lack confidence in me? Is there a structural problem? Are there some things that need to be in place before you're comfortable stepping out? Like what's at play here? Mm. Right? So that's the conversation and that's what what it could look like. But if your VP of operations focuses on helping his CEO achieve his goals and understand what's stopping him from achieving his goals. They're on the same page. They're on the same team. They're not adversaries. So what would you say to him though, if he was really, he just didn't want to go and have that conversation. He was afraid for some reason. So I wouldn't force him to have the conversation. I would really, really understand what he expected If he did have the conversation, how does he expect his CEO to respond? Like, what is the actual fear? What does he believe will take place if he has that kind of conversation? Because from my perspective, again, I don't know this guy, but from my perspective, it would appear that he expects a negative outcome. When you expect a negative outcome, who wants to take that action? Nobody. Right. So his fear of talking to him is because he expects some sort of negative outcome. Maybe he'll be reprimanded. Maybe he'll lose his job. Right. Maybe he feels right. the Plus, CEO will look at him in a different way. Yeah. Plus, he probably thinks that that conversation will be confrontational. Right. It doesn't have to be. Right. Right. So, so these are some of the conversations we would have to say, mm-hmm. what do you believe is going to happen? Are mm-hmm. those beliefs even true? Does it have to unroll that way? Can you line yourself up so you're completely uh, aligned with your, the goals of your CEO and can you help him get there? Okay. Totally different conversation. Yeah. yeah. So he's really got to identify the beliefs he's holding on to that's preventing him from having this conversation. Right. If that's the right route, there might be right. other ways. Okay. To, to understand this and Again, what I would do is really take a situation, one specific situation where the boss, the the CEO is getting in the weeds and kind of deconstruct that to understand what's at play. Why is he getting in the weeds? Should he do it in the moment? Should he do it in the moment when the CEO comes in and he can just kind of tackle it then and there? It could be, but the question is, is that moment appropriate? Are there other right. people involved? Is that right. a private conversation? So in the moment is sometimes a great idea. Sometimes it's not. Okay. All right. right. Good. We want to look at all of that. Yeah. But really, we, really, we want to tell that, that VP of operations, 
to say, hey, this doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be a terrible, horrible, awful, tense, confrontational conversation. Right. And, be, what, and what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that Either could be amazing. It could be amazing. Exactly. And that people shouldn't really look at confrontation as a bad thing. It's just really expressing your feelings, but it's having a direct conversation, be, but it doesn't even have to be confrontational at all. Right. Right. I think that people feel like when they have to have this difficult one-on-one conversation with somebody, especially their boss, it feels confrontational. So right. it's just coming from a different place. Right. So if you, if you put a hundred people in a room and ask them, Hey, do you guys like confrontation? I don't know how many people would say, yeah, I love it. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So excellent. So we want to help him understand that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It can be totally different. The, right. the, the CEO could walk away going, oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. I feel like finally someone gets me and I can, I can actually walk away. Maybe right. So you can be very surprised. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I like that. So really flipping his perception about That's the situation. Right. That's okay. Right. All right. Now let's get to this journal. It's meaty. It's a little long, so I'm going to read it. Bear with me. Okay. Here we go. I just get so frustrated with my parents. I have two boys, ages 10 and eight, and I don't know what it is, but whenever we have to go somewhere, my eldest either has to go to the bathroom and makes us late, or they both just start roughhousing and end up hurting each other. My mom asked me if I ever praised my oldest boy because I have a bad relationship with him. What? I don't have a bad relationship with my son. I may argue with him because, like today, I had to be at school at 8.30 because I had to help, and he was in the bathroom till 8.29. My mom thinks I should have praised him, and I ask, for what? For being in the bathroom to make me late? Mind you, my mom thinks anything I do is wrong and will not accept what I say and tries to undermine me. My dad tries to tell her not to do that, and she says that I have a mind of my own and I can do what I want. So I can't ever disagree with her because she's always right. She does step over boundaries a lot, and I have to carry a bubble around me. But honestly, if I say something she doesn't like, we argue, and then she'll, says, then she'll say something I don't agree with, and then she goes on and on and on and won't stop talking. She may still talk about it two or three days later. It is just so aggravating. And she just called me now asking how my oldest son was because she knew we were running late today. And that's when she told me I should praise him for getting ready, but he wasn't ready and we were late. So I should praise him for when he makes me late or praise him when he hurts his brother, when they are getting all hyped up for some reason, because we're leaving. I don't think so. I praise him when he does a good thing and when he's ready to go. And just to show that she has to be one up on me, my mom, and just to be a smarty pants, she says to me, well, I have to finish what I'm doing in the house and I don't need to go to the bathroom. I said, really? Was that necessary? You really just needed to say that? And she replied, yes. Ugh, I need to learn to not talk about the kids with her and everything will be fine. Wow. What do you make of that one? I see a lot going on here, but we're going to ask the expert, Kim. <laughs> so for me, it's a, it's a bit of a funny, humorous journal because you have two kids, you know, kids are kids. They will roughhouse. They will be late. They will decide to go to the bathroom at the last minute. Yeah. All kinds of tactical ways to deal with that. Right. But we're not really talking about the tactics of raising your kids. What we're really talking about right here, right now is the relationship she has with her mother and how her mother is getting under her skin. And so the right. question is, you know, do we need to control 
her mother? Do we need to do that? Do we need to create boundaries? Do we need to uh, create rules and regulations for what the mother is allowed to say and do, for the mother's comments, for the mother's input? You know, what, what's the real question at play? Well, is that even possible? I mean, well, you can't really exactly control it. somebody else, can you? Right. So, you know, how old is she? She has two kids, ages 10 and 8. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So she may be in her late 30s, let's say, early 40s, maybe. We don't know, mm-hmm. around there. So 35 years later, her mother is her mother's her mother. Her mother's not going to change. And right. she keeps thinking that maybe her mother will. She keeps right. getting surprised and upset by her mother's behavior. So what's the real insane part? Not her mother, but that she feels aggravated by her mother, but her mother's always behaving the same way. So Okay. So right? who has to change here? Well, so, so, so I'm not looking for a change in behavior. I'm first always looking for a change in thinking. Right. So the first change is, hey. You know, don't take your mother so seriously. Your mother's your mother. She's kind of funny, actually. She's kind of poking at you and saying, I don't have to go to the bathroom. It's a bit right. of a joke, except you're right. taking it very badly and very personally. And you're allowing your mother and her comments to get under your skin. Why get in the ring with your mother? Right? Don't get in the ring with your mother. Allow your mother to be your mother. You don't have to get her approval. You don't need her opinion. And you're right. You don't need to talk to your mother about your children. Why do you? What's up with that? So, so should she, you know, purposely avoid having those conversations and talking about her kids it, with her mom? I mean, they are the, still the grandkids. Yeah, it's not about um, whether or not she should avoid talking about it, but she knows what she's going to get when she talks to her mother. Like, right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to McDonald's, you're going to get a hamburger. You're not right. going to get a taco. Right. <laughs> when you talk to your mother, you know what you're going to get. Don't be sure. so surprised and don't be so upset that your mother doesn't deliver tacos. Right. Like it's, it's kind of like that. Right. So she has choice and the choices she's making is leading to a specific outcome, not a surprise outcome, but she's still upset at that outcome. So it's, again, going back to the McDonald's, she's upset that McDonald's doesn't give you tacos. Okay, so so it's kind of silly to to be upset over that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So she really just needs to kind of accept that this is who her mother is and just take it with a grain of salt. Is that that's that's one option? Another option is to say, yeah, I'm not going to talk to my mother about my kids. It's another option. But what we're really saying is, hey, you are in control of your emotional state. Mm -hmm. Your mother's not going to change. So you either don't talk to your mother about these things. Or when you do talk to her and she answers with, you know, a little bite, you take it lightly because your mother right. is your mother is your mother is your mother. Right. So right? don't really allow her mother's attitude or opinions to really uh, get inside of her and affect her in a deep way and change her mood. Exactly. So, okay. you know, for me, the mother's a bit funny. The mother's, right. she actually has a sense of humor, but well, this woman is not seeing that at all. No, no. Right? She's frustrated. Not everybody's as chill as you are, though, Kim. Well, but, but the other piece of it is, is that she's perceiving her mother as criticizing her. Right, right. So how do we flip her thinking? How, what would you tell her? How would you coach her? Well, well, again, is that actually really criticism? And interestingly enough, like her mother is saying, you should praise your kid. Right? There's a bit of irony, irony there. Is her mother praising her? Right. So like, it's humorous, right? It's a bit funny. 
And okay, so that's, interesting. that's an interesting should link. We take, should we take these words so seriously? You know, there's a saying at Frame of Mind Coaching, other people's opinions are none of your business. Right. So take what other people say and we let them really get under our skin and really bother us. We want to train her not to do that. Not to do that. Another piece in this journal that to mm-hmm. me is very interesting. I hope you're going to bring it up. So question about... Uh, Yes, a question about boundaries. Right. Should she should she put up some boundaries with her mother? Right, good question. So so a lot of people in the world have this thought that they should create healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. But what is a boundary? A boundary is like a wall that you put up that says you're not allowed to cross this line. Mm. And so when you put up a boundary, you're focused on what you don't want. Mom, you're not allowed to talk to me about my kids. Mom, you're not allowed to give me instruction about my kids. Mom, you're not allowed to criticize me. All the things she's not allowed to do, and you're focused on what you don't want instead of being focused on what you do want. And so boundaries exacerbates the problem. How so? Explain that. Well, so if I tell you, look, I don't want you to talk to me negatively about my kids, it doesn't give you what I do want. It just points out all the things I don't want. And it creates this resistance, right? What you resist persists. Right, so I'm right. resisting your criticism rather than saying, hey, you know, you think it's a good idea to praise your kids. I think you're right. I'm going to praise my kids. How about if you praise yours? Right. That's awesome. I right? like that. Ask That's for a good what shift. you want. Ask for what you want instead okay. of identifying what you don't. And what right. boundaries does is not only keep you focused on what you don't want, it keeps you trapped in these Boundaries. Yeah. These rules, these walls. You're protecting yourself against what you don't want. I don't want anybody to do that. I want them to literally turn around and head in the direction of what they do want. That's what I want for my clients. Identify what you want, point yourself in that direction, ask for it. So, do you think if she makes a shift with her behavior in terms of how she responds to her mother and just is more accepting and laughs it off, do you think her mother will make a shift? Do you think she'll yes, notice? But before she makes a behavioral shift, it's very hard to make a, a thinking shift, shift, right? Must make, exactly. She needs to make a thinking shift. Yeah. Why? Because if I ask her to behave differently, but in the back of her head, she's going, yeah, but my mother is criticizing yeah. me. <laughs> I do that. Right. It's if not going to change. change. She's right. going to still feel aggravated and upset. And she's going to feel like she's faking it. Like she's yeah. faking this pretend positivity. And we don't want anybody to, pretend being positive we want them to understand what's happening and take full responsibility for their own emotional well-being and help her understand her mother's not going to change and your emotional well-being comes from a place of or rather your frustration comes from the idea that well my mother shouldn't do that my mother shouldn't behave like that but your mother does now what right so look inside and change the way you respond and allow how you allow it to affect you Exactly. So okay. you're responsible for you. Your right. mother's responsible for her. And what you're getting from your mother, you're interpreting, you're taking in a way that's causing you to suffer. It's not working. Right. No, it's not. Is it making you a better parent? No. Is it making you a better daughter? No. Is it making your relationship with your mother more effective? No. No. Is it making you more confident? No. Is it causing you to feel more peace? No. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's great. That's heavy stuff there. <laughs> it's just the beginning. 
Yeah, just the beginning. All right. Well, I'd love this conversation, Kim, and I can't wait to do more of these podcasts where we can help people and get that knowledge of frame of mind coaching out there, all of our principles and concepts. Uh, to learn more about frame of mind coaching, check out www.frameofmindcoaching.com. We have tons of resources there. We also offer a complimentary coaching call for those who are interested in learning about our methodology and get a feel for you know how we coach. Um, so feel free to take take that action and go on our website. Thanks so much. It's been so much fun, Kim. Until, until we next meet time. again. Yes, until we meet again. All right. Have a good All one. Right. You too. Thanks, Thanks Kim. Bye. Bye.